This is Workflow, episode 17. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Tom. And I'm Brian. And we're the co-founders of Rindle, and this is our podcast, Workflow. Today we're talking about idea management and how to capture and nourish your team's ideas. So what's uh, what's happening, Brian? Well, you know, I had some interesting thoughts about just, again, always thinking about my personal workflow and how we work, but I was realizing that inherently, you know, Google Drive, like we create documents all the time and share it with people. And I find it interesting because sometimes, you know, I want to, I should and want to put it in Rindle, for example, right? Where it needs to be referenced all the time with the tasks that we're doing or whatever project we're working on. Um, other times, you know, people just share it and don't put it in Rindle or don't mention it in Slack or whatever it is, right? So I just find it, I just finding it interesting that, because even with our podcast workflow, you know, I create these, some episode notes and stuff and I outlines and stuff. And I, first thing I did was I shared it with you, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then, then I was like, well, if he looks at the board and looks at this episode, it should be there too, obviously. So then I linked it to the task. I thought it was just funny. But I think, you know, with the, all the sharing capabilities that every single app has for, and you use different apps for different reasons, the disconnect is, is so easy, right? Like, so one time you could be like, yeah, I'm just going to share it to Google Drive and move on. Because the problem with Google Drive is that once you share it, if you miss that notification or don't look at it right away, you know, Google Drive can be pretty confusing to find things sometimes. Impossible. Um, yeah, it can be really yeah. difficult. Yeah. So, you know, then you're, you're like, you don't know the title, you don't remember the title, you have to ask somebody, it's not coming up in a search you're doing, whatever it is, right? So that's why it's great to have it in a project management tool, you know, like we're doing, like where we're actually attaching it to the task for the podcast episode so that obviously anybody who looks at it will see the Google Drive document right there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and the same thing with Slack, like sometimes people will post something in Slack and it does relate to some piece of work, you know, and we've talked about this before, but I just keep on thinking about it because even myself you, you inherently when you're in a certain app sometimes you just do something like sharing a google drive doc and you move on but you didn't realize well that's going to come back and bite me later because somebody's going to be confused not be able to find it i really need to do my due diligence and attach it where it needs to be attached for reference you know especially something that's like ongoing work yeah i mean it, it is just the google google Docs, Google Drive, uh, in general, is just really difficult to to find stuff, right? Like different uh, pages, uh, the searches show different results. Like, yeah. and then and then Team Drive on top of that is different even more. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but it, it definitely seems like a like a real struggle. Yeah. So, any other thing we have going on um, is we're ha- we're hosting a workflow automation webinar. Um, so we're really excited about that. Uh, that's going to be uh, on November 6th, I will be hosting it as well as Asia Matos. And uh, we're going to talk all things automation, which is, you know, one of our favorite topics to talk about. Um, but we're going to go through some some best practices, what it is, uh, you know, and show some demos of how to create these things and how to make them work. Um, so the title of the uh, webinar is Workflow Automation, How to Hack Your Process and Get More Done with Robots. And you can Go ahead and check that out at rindle.com slash automation. And you can sign up and save your spot. 
and I'll link that up in the show notes as well. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, it, it definitely is an outsider's take on automations, not an outsider as in not on team, but like someone that didn't originally design it uh, or develop it. So they, they it, it's cool to see how uh, someone who isn't like living and breathing like the automation tool like uses it. And, and you'll definitely get that out of the automation webinar. So yeah, should be pretty cool. Should be a good time. What about you? Yeah, so so sticking on the the Google products bandwagon here. Uh, so Google recently launched that autocomplete in uh, in Google Mail, and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's uh, just kind of magically started working, and uh, it, it's really I, I don't know. It's unbelievable. You type like two words, and it knows exactly what you want to say. It's actually a little a little scary. I know it's good because you know you're not easily impressed by features. <laughs> No. So if you're excited about it, it must be working really well for you. I mean, it, it puts like uh, the autocomplete on on um, on your phone, like when when you're typing, like to shame, right? Because that that like barely autocompletes one word, and most times it's like wrong, and this is like completing your entire sentence when you type like two words. Yeah, <laughs> it is pretty cool. I mean, I have used it already. Uh, I as well was impressed. Uh, I'm not so used to tabbing to complete it um but i'm getting used to it just because i'm so in tune with just the way i type now so i just keep on typing inherently sure. and i'm actually reading it i'm reading the autocomplete being like wow that's exactly and typing it at the same time that's exactly what i was about to type um so i'm trying to get in the habit of tabbing and actually leveraging it and you know not not really just still typing it and wasting the time so yeah but it's really it's been pretty spot on um so pretty cool yeah, and I, and I don't know how much, like, machine learning is going on there or, like, um, if it's actually, like, like learning based on what you type a lot. Or but it seems like that should probably be the case, which is, like, even, even crazier. Like, this is actually going to be, like, one of the first things that probably most people really, like, like are training their own, you know, robot, if you will, to, to do stuff for them, which is it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Before we get started into the main topic, if you have questions, topic ideas, or team scenarios you want us to talk about, please leave us a voicemail at 860-577-2293 or email us at workflow at rindle.com. Awesome. And uh, also, please leave us a review. It helps us reach more people and it keeps us motivated. On to the main topic. So the main topic, idea management for teams. So this is a popular thing in product management for sure. Um, and that's the world we live in a lot with, with you know, building and running a SaaS product. We obviously use it here at Rindle, but discussing more at a high level, not focusing so, so much on product management, we're gonna give a lot of examples in product management, but the idea definitely applies to other types of businesses, other types of teams and all that stuff. Idea management is how you can not only capture ideas among your team, you know, but na manage them, nurse them, so they turn into something, right? Either you turn into something that's fruitful and useful, or maybe it turns into a squash thing that you'll never do, right? It has no future, it has no progress, so you get rid of it. Either way, you're managing and nourishing it as, instead of just having like, oh yeah, we have, we have great ideas. Okay, well, what are you doing with those ideas? Mm -hmm. So the concept of idea management really gets into that. Yeah, and, and this is really like talking about like uh, workflows in order to yeah, manage those, right? So kind of really goes with our theme of our podcast, I think. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, I think we're just going to talk about some points here, but uh, some things that you can do to kind of implement idea management, uh, some best practices, uh, so you can kind of start leveraging it among your team. So uh, I think the first uh, the first thing that you really need to to do when you're talking about idea management is is make sure that all the ideas are captured, which uh, can be harder than it seems, right? Because uh, ideas come from a variety of different places, and uh, you might get an idea when you're talking to someone or when you're in a meeting, or uh, it could be from a client emailing you. You're like, hey, that's an awesome idea, and unless you uh, write it down. Pretty soon thereafter, you're probably going to forget. I can't count how many times I've been in meetings that where people have said, "Oh, that's an awesome idea. We need to do, you know, blah blah blah," and you know, n nothing ever comes of it. You know, six months later, you're kind of complaining. Well, you know, remember we talked about it. Nobody ever did anything about it. All of those things. So, you know, I think you're right. It's not as easy as it sounds. I think ideas almost seem disposable at times, where it's like, "Well, yes, you know, I'll just throw in an idea." Um, and sure. because they're disposable, nobody's really storing it anywhere. So it'd be great. Basically, the first thing to do is really you need to, among your team especially, create a shared location that your team can access where these ideas will be captured. So everybody among the team basically knows, you know, hey, if I get a, a piece of feedback or idea from from a client, if I we have an idea in a meeting, uh, you know, it's going to go into this place. And then you can decide, obviously, how that is organized best for your team. Maybe you're housing ideas for different types of projects. Maybe it's, uh, you know, different products you're building. Whatever it is, you know, you can organize that however it makes sense. But the fact that you have a place that's shared, that everybody knows where to put it, creates at least the opportunity for it to be captured. So for, for us, uh, we obviously use Rindle boards uh, for the capturing of the ideas. We have... Uh, we have three main boards that we utilize for capturing ideas. We have a feedback board, which is ideas mainly from um, user customer feedback. Uh, we actually have some uh, some mechanisms to automatically get that feedback in there. We have uh, we, we make use of um, the board email address in order to forward uh, ideas from customers directly in. Yeah, and we're also capturing, uh, you know, customer calls, like customer development calls, recordings, so we can reference back to them. And, and even like when people try our software and they cancel for whatever reason, we're capturing cancellation reasons, so we can learn if somebody has an idea, a recommendation, a feature request, uh, whatever that might be. It's kind of all lives in that one feedback board. Yeah, yeah, and we actually uh, do those cancellation reasons uh, through email too. We basically just email the tasks directly to the board, which is pretty cool. And it's automatically from our app. Yeah, yeah, from, from the app. Yeah, we actually have just a simple script that just automatically does that. Then we have a roadmap board, which the roadmap board really is higher level, and it's really uh, the stuff that is, like, we've decided, like, hey, this is, this is something that's uh, an awesome idea, and we're probably going to actually work towards getting this into, into the product. Um, the timeline of that is up in the air. It might not be for a year, but if, if it's something that we've deemed as like basically moving on to the next level, like we're going to uh, move it over to the roadmap. And, well, I was going to say in some of these, you know, as far as the roadmap is concerned, obviously some of the feedback items end up on a roadmap, right? Because we end up deciding to do them, but some of our own ideas too, that we wouldn't necessarily classify as feedback because it's our our product, so they actually go directly onto the roadmap. So it's important to list that there. We're actually capturing a, a different set of ideas there that are internal, but that's the best home for them. 
um, because we've said internally, hey, yeah, this is a great idea. It's not necessarily a customer, piece of customer feedback, but we need to have it on our roadmap So we because we, we decided to build it. So those kind of just get stored there. And then the final board that we have is the Icebox, which uh, basically holds <laughs> – holds ideas that we're probably never going to get to or decide never to do. But but we still think they're probably good ideas, and who knows, maybe they will inspire us to do something in the future. I mean, as much as people say, like, oh, ideas will come back to you if they're really good, like, sometimes you just, you're like, I had a thought on this, and I had mapped it out, and then you completely forget. Yeah, Icebox is a place where we basically put things that we don't want to forget about, but we're not going to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ice box. It's where the ideas go to die. Yeah, they stay on ice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how you organize these boards, I mentioned earlier that, you know, it really depends on what you're tracking and the different kind of ideas that you're tracking. But for us, uh, an example of a feedback board, you know, we have a workflow that consists of the first list is a cancellation reasons. So cancellation reasons come in from our product and end up on that board uh, through the email address, like Tom mentioned. Uh, so we store those there. That's really not a workflow list. It's really a repository. So those items will just stay there and we can reference them when we need them. Um, same thing with customer interviews. That's the next list. Uh, you know, any kind of customer interview we do that we record or even notes that we capture when we have an interview or a conversation with a customer, we capture that in a test. We want to reference it. This is more of a repository. So it's there when we need it. And then we have a uh, the, rest, the rest of the list are really a mini workflow. So we have an incoming list where any new piece of feedback that comes in from a customer comes into that list. Um, then from there, we have a maybe list. So if we're, it's almost like a prioritization list. So we can pull things out of incoming that we're kind of like, yeah, like that makes sense. This is kind of maybe next. So we kind of pull those out because if you, you know, the incoming list gets pretty big. Um, and then we have an on roadmap list. So anything that we move on to the roadmap, we say, yep, we're going to build this. And then a done list. So anything that gets built and it's done, goes to the done list. So that's kind of how we flow our feedback. Uh, and then our roadmap board, we have a backlog for the roadmap items, um, prioritized top down. We have an up next column. Uh, we have one for long term and one for quick. And again, that's more of a prioritization tool. Um, and then we have in development. So things that are currently being worked on and then done, things that have been completed. So that's just an example of how we're organizing those boards and how we're leveraging them with a combination of repository lists and workflow lists. Yeah. You know, the next layer of organization that we do is we leverage tagging. Um, so we organize our ideas. So for the feedback, for example, we, we tag them by customer. Um, for some of the development items, we tag them front end and back end work, uh, sometimes by type of, of work. So it might be feature and improvement or wet work for the website. So we use tagging then within the boards to kind of organize the tasks within a board. So in the end, we have a pretty uh, manageable set of data. Some of those lists, again, on boards do get big with lots of information in it. So tagging helps kind of filter them down if you need to. You need to look for a subset of data and also just give context to what it is and why we have it on there. Absolutely, yeah. And then uh, we also do make use of mirrors uh, within Rindle, which allows us to basically move something uh, onto the roadmap, but keep it on the feedback board. Um, so when it goes into the on roadmap column, we basically create a mirror uh, onto onto roadmap. Um, but that way we can share we can share basically the the details of it between the two boards. Yeah, I think this is you know really one of my dreams of why we built mirrors. But a, a lot of systems don't have the concept of a mirror or even the ability to have a, a task live in multiple projects or places. 
Um, but the reason why I like it so much is that you can keep the workflow and context in place. So like if we have a piece of feedback that comes in, I can continue to track that piece of feedback on the feedback board, even though it's also moving to the roadmap and eventually into development. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't have to move it off that board. And then I, all of a sudden I lose the fact that that was originally a piece of feedback uh, from a certain customer. I would then have to search through a bunch of boards potentially to find it. Right. So you get mm -hmm. to keep the context, which is really useful in this example of like idea management where you have multiple boards of ideas potentially and you're potentially moving things from board to board. Um, it really is interesting. So now we can actually track, well, what are all the features that we've gotten from our customers? that we've completed. And we don't have to go searching uh, through archives and all this stuff. We can actually keep that in a workflow on our board and we know exactly. It also helps us reach out if we're actually having an idea from a customer we executed on and we wanna communicate that back to them. Now we know exactly who it was that requested it. It's on the board, it was done and we can reach out to them. So really helpful in a lot of ways. So uh, we like to revisit ideas at least once a month. Uh, we actually probably do it more often than that. Um, because like I said before, uh, the ideas uh, the ideas get stale quickly because business requirements have changed. We've gotten feedback and uh, you know we're, we're pivoting in order to make the products as good as we can, as fast as we can, right? So the ideas that were really awesome ideas a month ago might not be great anymore. Yeah, and I think, you know, revisiting it often also gives you the opportunity to adjust prioritization because things are changing, right? Mm -hmm. Possibly add a note or a thought, or maybe after you look at it again, you're like, oh, you know what? Actually, let me add a note to this. I have another kind of sub idea on this, right? Or, or a comment. Um, and even ask questions of it. Like, does this still belong here? Um, is this something we should do sooner than later, right? And kind of just revisiting it. So it's a living, breathing thing. It's not something that just gets stored and never looked at. Actually, a great example of why it's important to revisit and also like uh, to think about the, the task itself is, so we have a, a task that's been living on our uh, roadmap for a while, which we'll hopefully get to, but it's to batch, do something to tasks like on a board. And uh, recently after using Stripe, Stripe has a batch feature, which I think is pretty awesome, which basically just does the batch operation on the, the front end. And I like, I've used that a couple times and, and this past time around when we were looking at uh, all the ideas, I, I just put a quick comment on that task to r remind me that, hey, we should, we should do batching like Stripe does batching when we finally get around to it, right? So I just threw that on there and uh, at least then we'll, we'll be able to remember that when we actually get around to, to batches. Yeah, that's a great example. And, you know, to that point too, it's okay to let those ideas float, right? Like you said, that's been on the board for, for a while. And yeah, it's something we, we do have some batch operations, right? But yeah, yeah, like, yeah, right. But it's been on there for a while. We know we want to do it. We prioritize otherwise. But mm -hmm. you know, it's something that we let float there for the reason that you just gave. It's there to add notes to. It's there to build concepts and add little details, whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and in the same token, if it ends up being something, it's like, hey, you know what? This doesn't make sense anymore. It's okay to let it disappear, and it's mm -hmm. okay to move it to the ice box like we do, or to delete it. Um, and I think that's something too that like. I think we we tend not to capture ideas or put it somewhere because we feel like, you know, every idea has to like turn into something, you mm -hmm. know? So, oh, if I'm gonna write it, I'm gonna have to worry about it and plan it out and do all this work, like just capture it. Like it doesn't need to turn into something actionable. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, but, you know, it's just important to have it there. And then I think if you do check it at least every month 
and kind of revisit it and prioritize, it will naturally work itself out. Whether you get rid of them, whether you keep them, keep prioritizing them, um, it'll kind of be, a, like I said, a living, breathing thing. So yeah, so we also, uh, on top of keeping ideas for the Rindle product, we also keep ideas for our podcast, uh, which you're listening to right now, and, uh, and our editorial board within Rindle. Uh, the, the podcast board actually has a, a whole bunch of ideas that uh, a lot of them will probably never ever get to, and a lot of them don't even make any sense anymore. Um, but yeah, they, they just kind of sit there and the what do we what do we call that column? It's a backlog. It's a backlog. Yeah, yeah. we, we just yeah, have to sit the there backlog. backlog. Yep. Yeah, but and that's a good example of a list, you know, being used as uh, not only a, not you know when we think of backlog, we think of well, these are all the things we have to do. Right, and we're we're just going to do them in this this order. Well, in this case, it may not be something we do. These are ideas. We're jotting down topic ideas. Uh, we're moving things up and down based on like, oh yeah, let's talk about this next week or whatever. Uh, and we also mm -hmm. do the same thing. We add notes to it, right? We add links to things. So yeah, it's a good example of not a full board being like an idea board, but maybe a list within a board. Uh, in our example, where yeah, we have a podcast workflow, but that first list is really used for idea generation and capture. And then, you know, again, even we, we, we prune those all the time. Like I'm in there yeah. every, every week for sure. And I'm going through and be like, ah, we're never going to talk about this delete or, you know, let's move this to the bottom of the list. Cause I'm not sure if this fits into what we're trying to do and all this stuff. Actually, we uh, prune probably more often because it's actually a little more natural than uh, even the, um, even the roadmap board that we have because uh, the roadmap board, like if we're in the middle of uh, a big feature on the product, like we, like we kind of have to force ourselves to go in there, but the podcast thing, the, the projects end so quickly that you can just, you're constantly going in there to, to look at the next thing or to add yeah. something new or. I think if it's linked to like a cycle, like we have, like, so the roadmap is linked to our development cycle. And, you know, I think we will look at it probably every month or so. Uh, just mm -hmm. a longer cycle where the podcast is a weekly thing that we do. So that cycle every week, we're going to look at it. And yeah. some idea boards will not be linked to a cycle at all. Right? Like I know that I used to capture ideas back with my, my PM team. And it was really not tied to a cycle. It was just ideas that we had that we wanted to capture and save. And um, that's where the checking it every month minimally comes in because if you don't have a cycle that ties you and pulls you back into that information to kind of deal with it and look at it, minimally having a check every month makes sense so it doesn't just, you know, dry up and, and become stale. So another point is, you know, to recruit other people to expand on your ideas that you capture. So a lot of times, even myself being the head of the PM department at the time, I would kind of work in a silo a little bit. And uh, I think it's best. And I think we work that, you and I, Tom, work that way now where you pull two brains around something, it's way better than one. Um, we can brainstorm, oh, we'll do this on a roadmap all the time. We'll pull you know, uh, a feature and we'll talk about it real quick and jot down some ideas or thoughts and let it sit again. But something you shouldn't necessarily do in a silo it should be done with a team environment. Obviously, you know, you have to be careful not to expand it out too big because then you're gonna have tons of opinions coming in. Things need to be nurtured along. Uh, you know, if something rises at the top, like get others involved with fleshing it out, uh, especially if it starts to become a priority for whatever reason. Sure. Um, so yeah, and I always say, like I always say this, like no one person has every answer, regardless of what your skill set is, your profession, your history, your career path, whatever it might be. So obviously, you know, more brains better. Yeah, and when things start actually bubbling to the top, I mean, we've we've gotten customer feedback uh, or specifically asked customers about various features. Um, 
that we were looking to get feedback on before we start developing uh, developing them. And I mean, often these sort of conversations might lead to uh, other ideas and they might also make you rethink, is this a priority right now? Or uh, did, did we hear something else that sounds like it might actually be more viable or maybe this is no longer exactly the, the feature that we're gonna build? All right, so the final point I think uh, that we wanna make is, is to test the ideas and fail quickly. So you wanna validate your ideas as quickly as possible. Um, so the easiest time to do that is obviously when you're revisiting the ideas, just quickly go over them and be like, hey, is this still something that's um, a good idea? Is it a priority? Has it changed uh, its status? Or should we, you know, um, break it off and float it out to sea uh, <laughs> as a piece of ice. No. So some yeah. examples of, of that is like, you know, that we do is, you know, even with the features that we talk about, you know, sometimes we do have conversations with customers often and we'll run a thought by somebody or uh, a sketch or a mock-up mm -hmm. or something just to get early feedback, early reaction. Uh, I'll also do this even on demos that I do. And when I talk to people and show people the product I have in the back of my head, you know what, we had a real long conversation about X. I should see what this customer, potential customer thinks of it, right? What, what, are, what is their opinion? Do they care? Do they not care? Are they looking for something like that? Whatever. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll use that as a, a layer of validation as well. But, you know, doing your kind of legwork to say, hey, is this a, a really good idea? Um, you know, if it's not, maybe we should stop talking about it. Maybe we should ice it. Maybe we should delete it, whatever it might be. Um, another example is, you know, for editorial, is that you know it could be validating topics you know against customer pain points or even seo keywords right so for us you know we're obviously writing content that our audience wants to read right and a lot of times that has to do with pain points that our customers and audience have um, or seo keywords that we're leveraging right so we can validate a topic really quickly like hey is this fit into what we're talking about our voice sure. or not you know if not let's squash it and move on to something that's that's more useful uh, either you're going to rework it you know, or you're going to toss it, but you're going to should do it quickly, whatever it might be. Yeah. Cause like, uh, like even like us, uh, uh, sometimes like a podcast idea, I'll look at it and be like, eh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to delete this, but I'm not sure we're going to do it. So I'll move it to the bottom of the list. Yeah. And then it gives it time to kind of cycle back up again. And maybe by the time it cycles back up again, it's like, Oh, okay. I've had some different ideas or different thoughts about it now. And it does apply or it doesn't. So like, whatever it is you're doing like to validate you should do it quickly so whether it's tossing it out whether it's executing it or whether it's hey you know what i'm gonna put this on a back burner but i know i'm gonna revisit this in two weeks and i'm gonna decide again should i execute or toss it but you know don't get into like doing a lots of work and lots of things where you're not validating whether this idea is worthwhile or not Sure. And, and honestly, don't be too worried about like, oh, if you did delete it or, or got rid of it, like good ideas will come back up again if, if it really is a good idea, right? Like, so we very often have had like an idea that has just faded away and then it's popped back, back up for in some conversation that we had with someone. Yeah. Or... That, that's why I like the icebox actually, because I think if you have a, if you keep a high standard for your ideas, like, you know, hey, like we have a high standard for the quality of ideas that we're going to track, 
right? And like you're saying, don't be afraid to toss it, right? So if it doesn't meet that high standard, maybe you do have an icebox. Maybe something doesn't quite cut it, but you want to revisit it maybe six months from now, right? Not sure. every month or whatever. So I love that concept. And it could even be a list within like if, in a Rindle board, for example, you could even not have an icebox board. You can have an icebox list, right? That sits on your idea board. Um, that you're just not going to revisit and you're going to revisit every six months. But I, I like that concept and I like keeping like the high standard because it really keeps you to like, hey, I'm not going to track every idea because I'm going to end up with thousands and thousands of things to look at every month. I'm going to track the really good ones and, sure. you know, kind of filter out quickly. Awesome. So uh, let's hop into some tips for taking action. Cool. Yeah. So obviously, you know, start collecting ideas for your team. If you're not doing it today, create some kind of central repository uh, to start tracking things. Uh, let it evolve, you know, start with a simple thing. Let everybody know on your team that it's in place. All ideas are welcome. Start kind of collaborating around it and, and get that rolling. Cause I think you'll, you'll find that having that in place and giving a place where everybody knows about will just inherently motivate people to start hopefully writing some ideas down. If nobody really knows what to do with things, uh, Either they're communicating in sporadic ways, which are not going to be tracked properly, like, oh, send an email or a text or hit them up in Slack or mention a meeting. <laughs> um, so by doing this, you're standardizing a little bit and saying, hey, if you have an idea, great, you mentioned to me, but throw it on the ideas board or throw it on an ideas project, whatever you're using. Um, and hopefully it'll motivate some ideas around it. People will see other people's ideas, be able to maybe comment. If you're using a collaborative software like Rindle, you can comment on it, uh, ask questions, all those kind of things will organically happen. Uh, I think the second thing is uh, revisiting, uh, as we've mentioned, revisiting the ideas is key, like uh, block off time on your calendar and, and revisit those ideas. But uh, I think people might be wondering, like, well, who should be revisiting them? And, and it's really the 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 owner of whatever process or that those ideas apply towards. Right. So if if you're the one that's doing the podcast, right, you, you you should be revisiting those uh, every week and, and whoever else is doing the podcast with you. If you're the product owner, you should be revisiting those once a month and, and looking at those ideas. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a good point. I think it's like comes down to the decision maker possibly or the person in charge of elevating things, right? So if you're like a team lead and you're kind of, your job is to bring things to the next level up to say, hey, we need to pay attention to these ideas or we should execute these. So I think those people are generally probably not everybody in your team, right? There's going to be re revisiting every week or every month, right? Um, it, you're yeah. probably not those core people who are decision makers or key people who are kind of moving things along. Collaborate uh, around these. So collaboration obviously breathes life instead of having a stagnant list um, that just sits there. Uh, if you're in a dynamic software, like that things can be moved around, things can be commented on, all those things. Um, it just brings it to life. It keeps it active. Uh, it lets you bring more brains into it really easily. Make sure you do that in a way that, however you decide to do it, make sure that it's central, that people can chime in, people can see other people's ideas. I think it, it will definitely kind of give it momentum as opposed to letting it just, I think most idea type concepts, wherever you're storing them, they die. I would say nine times out of 10, they get lost somewhere. Maybe it's a notebook on your desk. Maybe it's, you know, whatever. And then you find it a year later or two years later, you're like, oh, look at this. Um, so I think if the more yeah. collaborative you make it, the more kind of ownership everybody has over it and the more life it will have. Yeah. I can tell you right now that the worst place to put ideas are, are in Slack because I, you, you'll never be able to find it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the search, I mean, even though 
I, I tend to be able to find general things if I remember exactly what I said, but it's hard to find things in yeah. Slack sometimes too. The last thing is uh, let them float away uh, or let them sit. You know, it, ideas themselves shouldn't be expensive um, and you shouldn't tread on them too, too, uh, too much, right? Like you shouldn't be, be anxious about like, oh man, like what should I do about this? Like eat, make a quick decision, uh, either move it to the bottom list or uh, if you'll know basically if it becomes a priority, like you'll probably have known about it already. Um, and it, it could often be the time, the reason why you're going back to, uh, you know, that, that place that you store your ideas because you're like, Hey, this just became more priority. Or I just got some feedback about like something that like was on our idea, our, our idea board. Um, so let me go over there and jot that down and maybe move it up because it's more priority. And then while you're in there, you're looking at the other ideas and you're like, ah, this, this is no longer a priority or this is no longer even important at all. So let me, let me put it on ice. Yeah. I think if you, if you, if you're okay, if you get around the idea of letting them float away or letting them sit, it just like takes the pressure off. And usually when you do that, like I think more, more ideas will generally flow. I think the op complete opposite of this would be every idea you get, you're going to start to execute on, right? Imagine doing that. That would be crazy. You'd be, you know, going in 500 different directions constantly and you'll never be able to complete anything. So obviously prioritization has a huge role in this, right? That the ideas, capturing ideas and managing those ideas in a central place is, is great because now they do have a place to sit. They do have a place to be prioritized and you're not going to execute all of them right away. So it takes, just let yourself, you know, take the pressure off and say, yeah, this is, it's okay for them to sit there. 30 days, 60 days, however long it needs to sit there, if, it, if it's meaningful, um, and execute uh, when you're ready and, and when things prioritize, and everything will flow a lot easier, and you'll be able to manage things and have a better experience with them instead of feeling like this is like overhead or something that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call into our voicemail number at 860-577-2293, or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Thunder Rock by Magic Studio, used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Workflow and visit rindle.com slash workflow dash podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.